Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. Welcome back to the Big Football Show, the Athletics Big Ten Football Podcast. Bill Landis, I cover Ohio State, joined by Audrey Snyder. She covers Penn State. Audrey, it's Champions Weekend. How pumped are you? Well, Bill, uh, honestly, not very, but um, yeah, it's. I just, the thing that kind of had me on edge was if we were going to go all Champions Week without knowing who was playing who. We almost felt like we were closing in on that on Sunday. Yeah, this is um, we're, we're we're stumbling to the finish a little bit here. This is this is different than what we anticipated. It's not uh, pure uh, East versus West across the board. We can talk about those matchups. Uh, some of them are exciting. Some of them uh, there were some other ones I, w- I wish we would have mm-hmm. ended up with. But I, I get why why they took the the route they took. Uh, before we dive into that, I'll ask the fine people listening to us to uh, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you find podcasts. Five stars on Apple would would be greatly appreciated and. Apropos, considering this is the early signing period this week, and we'll talk about some of the recruiting happenings in the Big Ten, mostly the Big Ten East as well, later in this episode. Let's very start with smooth, this on. Bill. Very, very smooth. Thank you. I'm a professional. I've been doing mm-hmm. this uh, for a few months. I can tell. I'm not. Somebody uh, just attacked me in the comments of my story for being unprofessional, so they're probably right. <laughs> um, let's uh, dive into this schedule a little bit. And the one that jumped out to me, which was interesting is the Big Ten rearranging things so that Indiana and Purdue can still play their rivalry game, can still play for the bucket. I was hoping that Indiana would play Iowa because Mm -hmm. I think Indiana and Iowa are the second and third best teams in the Big Ten, and I'd like to see them play each other. Where do you land on that? Would you have rather seen Indiana play Iowa, or are you good with them trying to keep that rivalry Indiana versus Purdue intact? I'm good with preserving rivalries because I feel like, I mean, I know like Penn State, it was everybody was thinking, oh, it'd be really cool if they played Minnesota. You get Kirk Scirocco's old team. But again, you can preserve Minnesota, Wisconsin. Like, I get it. Um, I I think too, Bill, like this season's been so difficult for everyone. Like if you're looking for trying to get players jacked up, trying to get fan bases jacked for a Champions Week, 
uh, here in mid-December. Like, keep with the, keep the rivalry games. Like, I understand that I think the thing that I took issue with and why I said I was like, well, I'm not really particularly excited about this week was it just seemed like the Big Ten was going to drag its feet as long as it could. And, you I mean, you mentioned stumbling to the finish line. I mean, we were sitting Sunday at 2 p.m. waiting for matchups. I mean, you had teams yeah. practicing Sunday, not knowing who they're going to play that week. Um, and the thing that, for me, and this is, you know, part of the the unfair, difficult part of this Champions Week is you've got four teams playing on Friday night, and they didn't find out until Sunday afternoon who they were playing or where they were playing. I mean, that's that's difficult. Uh, yeah, but I'm cool with preserving the rivalries. Yeah, one of those teams that that is playing Friday and didn't know who or where it was playing is Nebraska, which has to go all the way to New Jersey now and play Rutgers on Friday night. Hope they get some good pizza while they're there, right? That's right. And the podcast comes full circle back to where we started on the best pizza in the Big Ten uh, with, with Rutgers. Uh, so you have Rutgers uh, hosting Nebraska, uh, Purdue at Indiana in the rivalry game, Illinois at Penn State, spicy game. Very. Uh, Michigan, Michigan gets screwed coming off of a, a back-to-back COVID cancellations, probably a little shorthanded, gets to go play Iowa, which is playing some very good football right now. Um, an Iowa team that I, I I would still say Indiana is the second-best team in the Big Ten, but without Michael Penix, maybe that's not true, and maybe maybe Iowa holds that title, even though it is Northwestern that's going to the Big Ten championship. I think Iowa's playing very well right now, and shorthanded, likely Michigan, reeling Michigan, gets to go and play the Hawkeyes on Saturday. Uh, that's not going to be a particularly fun time for them, I don't think. And then Michigan State and Maryland uh, make up their game. They'll play on Saturday. And, of course, Ohio State and Northwestern playing the Big Ten Championship on Saturday at noon, different time. That's typically an 8 p.m. kickoff. It's at noon this year, which is great for me. It makes my Well, I was going to say, yeah, I, the, I guess the, the big noon kickoff, um, that's the deal there, I suppose. But, yeah, um, I, I was hoping, Bill, that they would try to compete with the NFL window Saturday night. Uh, compete with some Packers Panthers. Um, I was actually worried about that last week. I was asking some friends. I was like, "Do we know what time this Big Ten title game is? Because if it's at eight, I'm not watching." No, uh, it's at it's at noon, and uh, I try not to be the person that complains about our job because our job is to watch football. And right. It's, it's really a, it's a delight. But uh, the worst day, without a doubt, of my year is when I have to go to Indianapolis to cover an 8 p.m. kickoff, and I'm in the press box writing until like 3 o'clock in the morning, and then I have to wake up, maybe get like an hour or two of sleep, and then wake up and drive back to Columbus to get back in time for the playoff announcements and the press conference that follows at Ohio State's football building. So I'm thankful to not have to do that this year. Yeah, um, Bill, I mean, it must be nice covering a team with playoff aspirations, you know, covering a team that's had some off weeks this season, not eight games in eight weeks. Tough, tough life over there in Columbus, it sounds like. Yeah, you know, I'm, do- I'm doing okay. It's been weird. I would I would rather uh, cover games because I, I wrote yeah. this on uh, on The Athletic, subscribe to The Athletic. We work there on uh, on Monday morning. How like I wish I knew more about Ohio State, but I don't because they had three games canceled this year, and it's odd. Like I, I very much think they're going to go to the playoff if they win on Saturday. I, I think you believe that as well, but it's weird to have a team like Ohio State go into the playoff having only played six games and like have these like somewhat significant lingering questions about them that weren't answered just because they like they played six games and they needed to play more games to answer the questions. Well, you could be like Penn State and play eight games and still feel like you really have no idea what this offense is doing. So <laughs> there's that. That's true. That's true. I guess, I guess uh, playing playing more games is not necessarily a guarantee that you're going to learn more about yourself unless that thing that you learn is you're not particularly good. Although Penn State – 
I think give them give them credit. Win streak. A little bit. Yeah, they figured. Sure. I think they figured some stuff out, right? Yeah, I mean, three game win streak. Beat Michigan State this past week. Um, get the very sexy draw with Illinois on Saturday, which just part of ways with Lovey Smith this week. Uh, so, I mean, for Penn State, you're looking at like, all right, you have a chance to build some momentum for 2021. You know, you can depending who knows what happens with the bowl game, maybe maybe not. Um, you could potentially have a four game win streak and carry that into next season. The thing that's interesting about the way they've played the last couple weeks and that since they've really started winning is mm-hmm. they're, they're just relying on the run. They're just lining up and running the ball. It reminds me of like the old Ohio State offenses with, with JT Barrett. It's just we're going we're gonna to run everybody, and that's how we're going to win games. But I do wonder – I still think quarterback is an issue there, obviously, at Penn State. They need to figure that out, and I think up the level of talent at that position significantly to ever challenge Ohio State. But – Offensive line play has been a particular area of struggle, I think, for James Franklin since he got there, too. It was just like a decimated position when he, when he arrived. Yeah, it was um, sanctions really, really had decimated it when he got here, for sure. Right. So the fact that they're like kind of like a ground and pound team right now, does that set them up better offensive line-wise for the future? Is there anything you can take from that and, and move forward with it? Well, they've only given up three sacks the last three games, uh, so that's good. I believe they gave up like 20 in the first five games, uh, so definitely making improvements there. Now you can also point to who they've played during this win streak um, as one thing. But to me, Bill, it's the what they've been doing and what I think we're going to see them do again against Illinois Saturday is you're relying on this run game, you're relying on two quarterbacks, and essentially – you're just saying, hey, you know what, Sean Clifford, go out and manage the game. Uh, third and one, we need a yard. Will Levis, backup quarterback, come in and pick up a yard. It's very, very conservative. Uh, there were points Saturday, I am going to be completely honest, there were points Saturday during the game where, one, it was very hot in the press box, and two, the offense was so boring that like you felt like you were going to fall asleep. Um, now, this is a team that you say, okay, you brought in Kirk Shiraka. This offense, Bill, there's no way it can look like this or will, I think, look like this next year. Uh, I asked James Franklin after the game if he expects to use two quarterbacks in 2021. Maybe ruffle a few feathers a little bit. Um, and he said that, you know, he he's not looking to 2021, but that they want to use two quarterbacks in 2020. I mean, to me, this is the way they're playing right now. At times, I mean, they looked much better in the second half on offense, but there are times where you're just saying, okay, there's no way this can be your template moving forward. So if so, why aren't we seeing you take these deep shots? Why aren't we seeing your quarterback try and develop his deep ball, which was like the big question coming into this year? I just feel like there's still so many things that we need to learn about Penn State, and that whole bizarre offseason just didn't allow them to get this offense to the point where it wanted to be. So... Yeah, suddenly they've become a ground-and-pound game with a depleted backfield, too. That's the other thing. I mean, they have so many injuries, so it's just bizarre all around. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. So Penn State, like a lot of other teams uh, around college football, are in interesting positions uh, relative to whether or not they want to play in a bowl game because Penn State will, will get an opportunity, I'm assuming, especially if they win this week and finish 4-5, and five, which will be a nice rebound for them considering how things started. Um, and I don't, I don't ask this or say this begrudging any team that doesn't want to play in a bowl game this year because we all know how tough this, this season has been. So if you don't want to play, like you know, Boston College has done it, some other teams have done it, Hit, yeah. by all means, pack pack it up, go see your families, um, come back for what's hopefully a more normal-looking spring and, and head into 2021. That That's perfectly fine with me. But um, there is a benefit, if you're willing to do it, from, from accepting a bowl bid, uh, specifically if you're a, a team – sort of in transition or a young team, you get those extra practices, you get another game, just like more chances to grow. And I'm wondering, we'll talk, we can talk, go through, I guess, all of these teams, but let's start with Penn State. Like, do you think Penn State will accept a bowl bid when it inevitably gets offered one? I am so torn on this, Bill. Uh, I mentioned it on Dear Old State with Matt Brown, our Penn State podcast this morning. Um, the, the thing that gets me is, and I wrote about it last week on The Athletic. Penn State, like every team, I mean, they've sacrificed a lot to get to this point. I mean, you're talking, they've been very, very strict with their protocols. Um, they've done a really nice job of just managing the pandemic. I mean, they've played eight games in eight weeks, which, again, that's an accomplishment this year. When you look at, you know, the way things have gone, you've got James Franklin living away from his family, not sure when he's going to see them again. Players aren't allowed to see their parents. Um you know, players last week were saying they haven't seen their girlfriends. I mean, it's just a very strict, sheltered life that they're living right now just to get on the field. And I, you made the point about the extra practices. To me, you look at the turnaround time, um, some of these games like the Dukes Mayo Bowl, the Guaranteed Rate Bowl out in Arizona. Uh, I mean, these are games that are coming up here at the end of the month. So you're not going to get those typical 15 practices. You're looking more like a regular game week. So, mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I am so torn because I feel like, I mean, you feel bad for, for these families, these players, these coaches. And you say, you know what, part of me says, just go see your families for Christmas if you can safely do so, which again, who knows? James Franklin said last week they want to give these players time before the spring semester starts January 19th. But then players were asked after the game Saturday about what they would like to do for a bowl game. And I asked Jahan Dotson about it. And I said, would you want to play? And he said, yes, definitely he wants to play. <laughs> that You know, you only get so many opportunities uh, in college football to wear that uniform. So I have no idea what they do. Um, part of me says, okay, you can get back to 500 if you win this week, if you win your bowl game, which would be a massive accomplishment after starting 0-5. The other part of me says, well... Depending who you get, if you're playing a really good uh, opponent, you might get the doors blown off you in that bowl game, and then there goes maybe your momentum that you've built here down the stretch. So I do not know what they do, Bill. I am genuinely torn on it. It, it Penn State's situation is fascinating because I, I totally get the idea of <clears throat> we started 0-5, you now we have a chance to finish 5-5. and 5. Like, let's finish this thing right. Let's finish 500. Let's not have – 
let's not have this season be like a footnote in, in the history of the program and the thing that people refer back to when you start talking about like what's the worst season Penn State's ever had. Um, so if you can have a, a way to kind of rewrite that a little bit, totally get that being the motivation. I also wouldn't be surprised if, if Penn State just says this has been hard. We're going to shut it down. No offense to, to, to the Duke's Mayo Bowl um, or the guaranteed rape bowl because the thing with these games is – like they're they're television shows. They exist they exist for television revenue, but the players do get to go to cool places for the most part and like spend a week there, stay in cool hotels. Um, especially the guaranteed rate bowl in Phoenix. Like Phoenix is great this time of year. You get to go out there and spend a couple days, practice out there, play out there, enjoy the you know the Southwest at a time where where the place you're from is miserably cold. It's great, but that's not what this is this year. These are going to be like typical road games. You're going to show up the day before, sleep in a hotel, go play the game, and leave. So it's not it's not even really worth it to get the bowl experience because the bowl experience doesn't exist. It's just a matter of how do you want to end your season? Do you want to put yourself through another week or two of this? And I think, I think Penn state is like kind of right on the edge of that. Um, I think like Indiana, if Indiana gets a new year's six bowl and I'm Indiana, like I would want to play. I think if you, if you get to play like USC in the Fiesta bowl, which is where Stuart Mandel has Indiana projected in his latest bowl projections, I would absolutely want to play that game. Yeah. And I think too, I mean, you look at Indiana and, what that would mean for that program, right? I mean, remarkable year for them. Sure, banged up right now, but still you want to take that New Year's Six opportunity if it's presented. Um, But yeah, I mean, nothing about these bowl experiences going to be normal. Uh, I mean, the other part too is like, you could be looking at teams flying from one end of the country to the other during a pandemic. Like it's just, I don't know what the answer is. And honestly, Bill, I think some of these teams, I don't know if maybe you have your your captains, your leadership council, like, do you put it to a vote or does the AD just say, hey, this is what we're doing? Like, to me, there are so many fascinating conversations that are being had behind closed doors this week about bowl games that I just don't know. I don't think there is a right answer because every situation is so different and it's been such a difficult year. Yeah, there, there is no right or wrong answer, whatever these teams decide to do. Um, Penn State, I think, will have the opportunity. Indiana definitely will. I wonder if Rutgers might. Rutgers is 3-5 and five with, with a chance to finish 4-5. and five. They've been a good story this year. Um, had a really kind of exciting win uh, last week uh, against Maryland in overtime. And, and Greg Schiano, I think, has some momentum going there. So and, and and he shared after the game that it's been a very trying year for his team. He had two two players who lost family members last week, mm-hmm. uh, or three players who lost family player family members last week. So like this this stuff's hard. But um, I think you also build something over the course of a season where you want to kind of stick it out with your guys a little bit, and and you feel like you're you're on the cusp of something. And I think oftentimes like bowl momentum gets overblown, but I certainly see why you would want to kind of wrap your arms around that and try to play one final game together and and see if you can't set yourself up for something good next year. And part of that too, Bill, I mean, we say, okay, they're leading these sheltered lives right now, all these sacrifices. Like, even if you're not playing a game, like, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but... It's not like you have this normal life waiting for you on the other side right now. You know, everybody's sacrificing right now. Nothing looks or feels normal. Um, So, yes, maybe you get a chance to to spend three weeks at home as opposed to two weeks. Um, I don't know. I mean, most of the time these players are missing Christmas anyway because of bowl games. Like, it's just it's such an unusual circumstance that I, I don't know what what you do, how it plays out. And I don't know, Bill, financially for some of these places, like, is it worth it? 
I don't know. Probably not for some of them. Yeah, yeah probably not for some of them. I guess the bowls co- cover much of the cost of, of that stuff, but... Um, you know, keeping the lights on at your facility for an extra week might not be worth it for some of these places. Well, I mean, we've to get the practice on, and we've jokingly said, to, you know, you look at all these departments and what they're cutting and cutting back. Like we've joked with, you know, pregame at Penn State, you don't see fireworks, and it's like, well, yeah, what did you want to keep? Like, either do you want to keep an Olympic sport around, or do you want these fireworks for nobody here to see it? I mean, that's just kind of right. where you're at right now. I mean, it is just tough sledding financially for everybody. So, uh, yeah, this uh, <laughs> this conversation may be a little bit, bit of a downer for people um, who are still excited about the college football season. Um, and I think we are, too. It, it's just yeah. acknowledging the reality of the situation that uh, the postseason this year is is very different. And, and there are um, fair questions to ask yourself, you know, whether or not it's worth it if you're not maybe in a position like a team like Ohio State that still can play for a national championship. And, and I think we'll do so, or at least play in a playoff if it, if it beats Northwestern. Uh, this weekend. So we have the Champions weekend this weekend, and we can figure out the bowl stuff after that. Uh, we do want to talk about recruiting, but before we get to that, Audrey, I'm just curious about your read on Ohio State versus Northwestern. It's a 20-point spread, I believe, the last time I, I looked at it. I think style points are out the window here. Ohio State just needs to win to get yeah. in. But like you look at this matchup, do you do you anticipate it being any kind of, of decent game? Do you think Ohio State is going to run away with it? Can, can this look like it looked in 2014 when, when Ohio State ran Wisconsin off the field and went to the playoff? Like, what, what do you think this is going to look like? I think, Bill, you're, I think you're right with 2014. I, I don't think it's going to be a particularly close game unless Ohio State shows some signs of rust and turns the ball over. Like, I just... I think Ohio State is that good um, that they can and should be that dominant to just kind of come out there and it might potentially get a little ugly. And you feel like, you know, with our Big Ten fans or Big Ten loyalists, like, you know, I'm hoping it's a good game. I would much prefer it to be a good game. I think probably most of us, unless you're a fan of Ohio State, would prefer this to be a close game, an entertaining game. But I'm just not so sure that we're going to see it. Um, I am very curious, though, on Justin Fields and what he looks like just how dominant he maybe is or has he maybe come back down to another stratosphere that's still above everyone else and you know that kind of thing but I just uh yeah I'm not picking it to be a particularly close game and now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream direct tv satellite free you see this a family watching baseball on direct tv with no satellite dish in sight let's heckle them you call that changing the channel choke up on the remote buddy i hope getting all these games on direct tv makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds direct tv has the most mlb games visit directtv.com claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher availability of rsns varies by zip code and package high-speed internet service required terms and restrictions apply As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Yeah, I don't think it will either. I just I just don't think Northwestern can can score mm-hmm. with, you know, I mean, any, anywhere near what I mean, Ohio State's you've got to be able to get into a shootout with them and I don't see it. Holding Ohio State in check means holding Ohio State to like thirty-five points, and I, I don't think Northwestern <laughs> yeah. can can put that up. It's a it's a Ohio State defense that certainly has some weak points, but Northwestern is one of the worst passing teams in the country, and I, I don't think Northwestern is going to line up and just run it down Ohio State's throat and keep it close. So um, I think Ohio State wins comfortably, gets into the playoff, and we'll have more time uh, to discuss that. But let's uh, before we wrap up, do a quick look at some of the recruiting things that are happening this week. Early signing period is open on Wednesday. It's a three-day period, Wednesday to Friday. I I think we expect most of the players who are committed right now to to sign this week. And Ohio State, I think, to to, not to anyone's surprise, is number one in the Big Ten, has five five five-star prospects committed. Uh, Ryan Day is signing a class right now that is on par with Urban Meyer's best Ohio State class, and when it's all said and done, could conceivably be better than Urban Meyer's best class, which is ridiculous, and Ohio State fans are really excited about that. But I think the more interesting thing to discuss along those lines as it pertains to the rest of the league is the gap that that's widening, it seems, between Ohio State and everybody else. And Michigan uh, has a top 10 class, which I think is kind of like right where they need to be. Top 10 is good. Number two in the Big Ten is good. For for all the talk about like Jim Harbaugh's struggles and, and their lack of a recruiting plan, and I think it's warranted, uh, their class is actually not, not half bad. Um, but the player average for Ohio State is 94.5, and the player average for Michigan is 90.2. When you're talking about a full four points difference there, that's a pretty big difference for player average. Um, Penn State is the one that really jumps out to me. They have 15 commit. I can't figure out what, what is more mind-boggling. The fact that Penn State only has 15 commitments or the fact that its average player rating is closer to last place Purdue's than it is to first place Ohio State's. Are you pointing out that 88.88 average? Yes, yeah. no five stars, uh, only four mm-hmm. or five four stars and ten three stars. Only one stars. of the top ten players in the state, I uh, mean Lonnie White Jr., which to me that's the that's the blemish. That's the part when you look at this class and you say, Oh boy, what happened? Uh, now they always pre- like they always expected that this was going to be a smaller class. So that fifteen number, like it is what it is. Um, I don't know, Bill. I wouldn't be shocked if they add one or two more guys between now and Wednesday. Uh, somebody who I'm keeping an eye on is somebody that I'm sure a lot of people are keeping an eye on. Lackawanna College, uh, top Juco prospect, cornerback Dejon Warren. He's uh, currently verbally committed to Georgia, but who is somebody who, like, all throughout the summer, I thought, okay, it makes sense for Penn State. Penn State does a really nice job getting guys from Lackawanna since it's, like, two hours away from State College. Uh, but then he committed to Georgia seemingly out of the blue, but then he started tweeting edits wearing Penn State gear uh, within the past week. So I'm not sure where that stands, but yeah, uh, this was a really, really good cycle for Pennsylvania. Uh, the state as a whole had a ton of talent, but Penn State just could not tap into most of that, which is like the disappointing part. And 
you look at a guy like Nolan Rucci, the five-star offensive tackle who's verbally committed to Wisconsin. I mean, that is the one that you say, Penn State, how in the world did you not sign this kid when his dad played football at Penn State, his mom played field hockey here, the parents have season tickets, but his brother Hayden is at Wisconsin, and he wanted to go to Wisconsin, and if you're an offensive lineman, Bill, I don't fault you for wanting to go to Wisconsin, you know? But, yeah, it's going to be really weird, and I think, too, um, and I think this is more so where it's difficult for an Ohio State as opposed to a Penn State just this week, figuring out the logistics of how in the world you get through this week. Obviously, Ohio State is a much more meaningful game waiting for it on Saturday than Penn State does, but James Franklin had said to us last week that, yeah, I mean, you're not going to have, typically it's a big war room, big hullabaloo, they announce, like almost like you're having draft picks, they announce the prospects. You can't have any of that this year. Uh, It's probably going to be Franklin FaceTiming with the kids as they sign, and then going in and plucking the position coaches to hop on FaceTime with these kids, uh, all while their plan is to let the coordinators keep going because Wednesday is such a big game planning day. Like, it is just logistical. It is it has to be a nightmare for all these places. If you are uh, Penn State at the moment, and and I know that this is just one recruiting class, mm-hmm. and certainly they can rebound. And, and they are. And, I mean, 2022 is looking a heck of a lot better mm-hmm. than 2021. So, yeah. And, and their class last year was, was a little better mm-hmm. than, than this one's currently shaping up. But if you just look at 2021 in a vacuum, uh, I guess there are two ways to look at it. And I'm curious where, where you think like Penn State and Penn State's fans might fall. The fact that the gap between them and Ohio State is widening, and that's like the top dog, the team you want to try to knock off, a team that it's beat before, that gap is – what's more concerning? The fact that that gap is widening or the rest of the teams in the Big Ten East are like catching up to you. Yeah. Maryland and Rutgers are not that far behind, not that far off from what you're currently recruiting in this class. And I, I'm not saying one class – like I guess one class can turn the tide of a program. But the fact that Penn State is recruiting more on par with those programs is – a little more concerning to me about where it might end up standing in the Big Ten than it is the fact that Ohio State's kind of running away from everybody. Yeah, I mean, Ohio State right now, it's just, it's like I mentioned Justin Fields earlier in a different level. Like, Ohio State's a different stratosphere right now. Um, And you and I, I mean, back in the summer, which feels like it was 10 years ago, when we broke down on paper the talent gap between these teams, I mean, it was massive then. But now you add in this 2021 Ohio State class versus this Penn State 2021 class, and you're right, it's only going to get wider and wider. Um, but absolutely, it's concerning that these other teams are are narrowing it a little bit. Um, I mean, Michigan, it feels like we've always been, or I've always been kind of buying into what they're doing, and then you see the on-field product, and you're like, oh, well, thanks for making me feel dumb. Um, so, you know, there's still the developing talent aspect of this that we can't overlook um but we also cannot sell the stars short because that is the reality of recruiting um and Ari Wasserman would probably ream both of us out if we said that the stars didn't matter because they absolutely 100% do however when you look at talent and developing talent uh Penn State, specifically with quarterbacks, I mean, this is an issue. And it's not just a James Franklin issue. I mean, you can kind of trace this thing all the way back. Uh, The last time they had a quarterback drafted in the first round was Kerry Collins. I mean, they have not gotten big-time quarterbacks here for a multitude of reasons. And then when you do get the big-time quarterback here and the five-star in Christian Hackenberg, it was a mess. So (laughs) part of me says, you know what? Maybe you're better off getting the three-star like a Trace McSorley and getting that diamond in the rough and developing it because it just, 
I mean, Sean Clifford was a four-star guy, and we're seeing this year that has not, you know, gone particularly well for the time being. So, uh, Bill, to me, it's it's definitely concerning that they're falling farther and farther behind with Ohio State and a nice class for Michigan. But it always starts in-state, and you've got to be able to own your own state. I mean, when you're recruiting mantra, when the thing that the head coach gets up front and says at his introductory news conference is dominate the state, Penn State has not done that this year. They've been dominated in the state, um, and that is really, really an issue. And But hey, 2022 is looking better for them. Um, and again, that's starting at home uh, with getting some of the, the better players in the state already. Yeah, I think you touched on something there. As these programs chase Ohio State, I, I think the quarterback, and it's obvious to say, is the key piece. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't think if, – if you don't have that, I don't think you're ever going to be a, a real threat to Ohio State. Um, and Michigan has that in this class. Michigan has J.J. McCarthy, which who's the number four overall quarterback in the class. He's the highest-rated quarterback um, coming to a Big Ten program. Kyle McCord, who's coming to Ohio State, is right behind him. Indiana has a five-star quarterback committed, and then and once you get past that – uh, or sorry, a four-star quarterback committed. Uh, and once you get past that, there every other quarterback that's committed to the, the team in the Big Ten is, is a three-star prospect. And, and it's not to say the three-star prospects can't develop into something special and 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 you know NFL caliber, but you'd like to be starting from a better place, I think, a little more regularly. And, and Penn State's trailing there, and a lot of other places. And it does feel to me that it. I'm not ready to say the conversation needs to shift away from can Penn State contend with Ohio State to should Penn State worry about everyone else in the Big Ten East first. But uh, these current recruiting results uh, would lend me to believe that that the latter could become a reality sooner than later if Penn State doesn't get things changed. Yeah, I mean, Penn State, they're getting Christian Veyu, quarterback uh, from Canada. It was at the Bullis School in Maryland. And he was somebody who fell a bit in the rankings this summer. Uh, so now you're looking at you know, a three-star guy, but – intriguing guy but you look at what they have in that room and you say okay well you've just will levis almost completed uh rather almost attempted 30 consecutive rushes before being allowed to throw a pass these last two plus games so what do you have in clifford's backup uh taquan roberson who they signed previously we haven't seen him on the field yet uh so to me it's yeah you've got to have these big time quarterbacks and i i get it bill it's easier said than done um but yeah, it's it's to me that's the one you look at the one glaring issue with Penn State, which has you know been an issue long term, and it's getting and signing those big time quarterbacks. For it's just a baffling, perplexing recruiting oddity for them. Uh, but it continues in twenty twenty one. A lot happening around college football, certainly a lot happening in the Big Ten. Champions weekend coming up. Games uh, start on on Friday with Rutgers against Nebraska and Purdue against Indiana. Signing day is Wednesday. We'll have all of it covered at The Athletic. Make sure you keep it tuned in uh, to the big football show the rest of the week. And Audrey and I will talk to you guys next Tuesday. Mm